welcome to Policy Matters Georgia. Thanks for being here. And today, uh, Eric Allen, my co-host, and I are joined by my senator, Elena Parent from District 42. Elena, thank you, or Senator Parent, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I'm going to get right to it because I know your time is super limited. I am curious... We, we haven't gotten the majority yet in either house in the General Assembly. So what is the vision for Democrats other than stopping terrible, crappy bills that Republicans constantly try to pass? Is there anything that we can begin to push through or push against in a bipartisan way? Well, uh, first of all, thank you, um, Eric and Nicole, for having me and Happy New Year. Um, I think there are a couple jobs within that topic of the mine for the minority that are really important. I mean, number one is providing an alternate vision for Georgia of what our priorities would be if we were in the majority. You know, so far from exit issues this morning, both the governor and lieutenant governor spent a lot of time basically talking about we want to be past things that are business friendly. And I'm not exactly sure other than tort reform was mentioned by the Georgia chamber. Um, hmm. you know, and I don't really know how <laughs> it's a little contradictory the way they're always running around saying we're 50 50th for how awful our judicial verdicts are, but number one say to do business. I'm not sure. Apparently that, that, you know, supposed bad ranking hasn't hurt us in the other ranking. I don't know. Anyway, leaving that aside, um, there, there hasn't been a whole lot in, of detail about an agenda. So I think that a difference that Democrats and Republicans have is that using the tools of government to be ambitious to help people's lives, um, in certain fundamental ways are things that Democrats believe in in general a, a lot more than Republicans do. For example, we've got a really big budget surplus right now, and the governor has been very clear that he does not yeah. want to spend it. Right. Yeah, He wants to use some of it to backfill the, the gas tax, which I support. I think that is a good move. Um, that is infrastructure money. That's a fine use for that money. Um, and, and I didn't, and I supported, um, alleviating and suspending, I should say, that gas tax when when he initially did it because prices were a little uh, difficult for people to stomach at that time when they really, really spiked back in the spring. Um, but other than that, no. I mean, he intends to give some more tax rebates. I just, the amount, and this is, a, this is something we've seen during his administration a lot. I mean, they want to give families back 200 to 500 dollars and it ends up costing the state a billion dollars to do that and i don't want to make it sound like that's nothing or that's not a um worthy thing to do it's not that i feel that way necessarily however i feel that it is by far not the highest and best use of our collective tax dollars when we have so many pressing issues that i think could be helped by some more innovative thinking around some of the programs that we have here in Georgia. I mean, look, like we have long been a laggard in human and infrastructure investment in our state. And it shows we're talking about infrastructure, transit, healthcare, um, school performance, education, uh, yeah. education, ed yeah, yeah, education, education. And, and, you know, I mean, look, like we, have, 
Right. Healthcare. We have nothing big to crow about when it comes to those topics. So, so look, yeah. so like part of our job is to point out those differences and say, this is what we would do. These are some of the things that we would do. We would, we would be respectful of your tax money, but we can improve the lives of everyone in Georgia by, by, by using some public dollars in a smart, innovative way. Right. And they just are not very interested in that. Right? It's just not a priority. And then the other thing to your, your question, Nicole, is you mentioned getting things done in a bipartisan manner. Look, um, Yes, Democrats down here have always been wily and smart and strategic and managed to get some really good bills done, whether it's through their own own hard work or by partnering with Republicans and maybe even having Republicans be the lead sponsor of some pieces of legislation. So that has long been a tactic. And hey, sometimes they come up with some good bills on their own to get done. But so, it's rare. Right. <laughs> it's rare. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, there have been a couple I can think of, you know, just in talking to you, you know, I mean, I'll give a shout out to Ralston for working on the mental health bill. Look, I mean that, but first of all, it yes. never should have been that bad. It never should. I mean, it never should have been like, oh, we're, we're 50 and availability of mental health providers, you know, and, you know, so it's like a bad, you know, so even that is just embarrassing, but at least he, um, you know, RIP Speaker Ralston stepped to the plate to do that and, and it could have gotten derailed and it didn't. And, and a lot of the credit for that goes to him. Um, you know, Sharon Cooper fought really hard, um, to get this retaliatory eviction bill done. And, you know, everyone knows with Sharon Cooper that when she decides she's really going to bite into something, she's going to bite into it and not let it go. And, you know, and, and in that instance, I was very grateful for her tenacity. And that was a good bill on behalf of low-income tenants, right? So, you know, um, yeah. a few good things you get done. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that uh, there's going to be any movement around um, around choice and abortion with the South Carolina ruling of that law, their six-week ban being thrown out? Do you think there'll be... So that was exciting Eddie, news, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It make, I mean, and we and privacy is baked into our constitution. So go ahead. It is. Right. We have high hopes for that same provision that is also in our constitution around a fundamental right to privacy. Um, so the lawsuit that right now um, is up to be reviewed at the Supreme Court um didn't the, the Judge McBurney of Fulton Superior Court didn't even get to that question of privacy in his ruling. He basically ruled that because Roe v. Wade was the law of the land when HB 481 was passed, it was void from the beginning. It was like, this was unconstitutional. That was the law. You knew it. And so it can never take effect because it was passed when it was unconstitutional. So even if the Supreme Court ends up not siding or overturning Judge McBurney, and I hope they don't. I hope I, I think that ruling under our law is correct. We would still have the opportunity to go back and fight on the privacy clause grounds, right? But I don't think, and what I'm hearing is we won't see a lot of movement. I'm sure things will get filed because someone can file whatever they want, and there are going to be people who want to draw the praise of the right to life groups, um, in filing things against the, you know, abortion pill and against, um, and, and, you know, putting back into place 41, you know, if they manage to prevent people from filing anything, I'll be like, whoa, you got some real control over your people. Um, well, and, and now you know that you're, you, you've got Ed Setzler, the architect of 481 yes. now in the Senate. So I doubt, but Eric, I don't think he's going to file anything because so how I do think, you think that's he is play enough in? You know, of a, you think he'll introduce something. I, I, I more expect him to wait until the ruling comes down. Because I don't know that he's enough of a, and you worked with him, 
I was in the house yeah. with him one term. You were in the house with him many more terms. So I could be wrong about this, but I know he has told some media outlets that we need to wait. And I know that's what, until we know what the Supreme Court's going to rule. And I know that that's certainly what the leadership would prefer. I mean, they know abortion is a bad issue for them, right? Right. And if you don't have to try to have a vote that it is very questionable that you could get done now when it only passed by one vote while they still thought Roe was protecting them a few years ago, you know, that is is a huge question whether that bill could get passed again. So opening up that can of worms for them right now, if you didn't have to, it's sort of like, why would you do that? And I think Setzler um, is on that page. I just don't think that every GOP lawmaker will be. And here's the thing. I talked to a friend of mine on the Supreme Court um, this morning, and she said, okay, oral argument on it is going to be in March. So it won't be until four months after that that the, deci- that the decision yeah. will come down. Mm-hmm. So it, that it buys the next session. session. Yeah. 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 Right. And I think, I, yeah, I, I think it'll, um, It'll be a lot of talk, but as you said, they're, they're, the Republican leadership, the last thing they want to do is take another vote on it. And people forget, 481 only passed by one vote in the House. So it, it, it's not yep. like this. it's an overwhelmingly embraced issue that that the other side wants to uh, wants to talk about. Just real quick, I know you've got to run, Elena. You're, you're busy. We just got back in session, and we'll talk about that when you're gone. But um, as, a, as a, a geek, someone who used to be on the floor of the House uh, – I noticed that today uh, you guys came back and took up the rules, Senate rules again, after they were uh, defeated and then tabled last week. You guys came back and, and brought them up this week. Um, what What's your take uh, on that rules package? Right. So, wow, I hadn't counted my numbers on Monday. It was actually Monday <laughs> um, when we came in and, and, and voted the rules package down. We just, we didn't have a caucus position on it, but we all read the rules and were like, yeah, these are bad. So it seemed designed to, in the midst of some very consequential lawsuits and events that happened in Georgia over the past few years from the attempted overturning of the election to um, litigation around Senate Bill 202, the, the new, you know, complete rewrite of the voting laws um, and as well as redistricting lawsuits, what this this meant these new Senate rules amendments seem designed to do was to sort of shield as much legislative participation, conversation, conversations with each other with third parties, documents, records, shield as much of it as humanly possible from court or public scrutiny. And this is really consequential when you've got things like Lindsey Graham, calling um, Raffensperger, Secretary of State Raffensperger, and then claiming that it's it was a legislative duty, why he needed to interfere, right? It's sort of the same type activity that I think they are trying to hide, whether it's on behalf of people who served as fake electors that are serving in the General Assembly or obviously Lieutenant Governor, Lieutenant whatever Governor. it is, right? There's, yeah, it, it's an attempt to broaden what can be shielded from from legal and public oversight, and we don't support do, that. Do, do you do you think that's actually going to hold up in the courts if someone shows up? Because I I personally think that it's a precursor that they know some of their friends are going to get called into this grand jury in full right County. exactly. Um, and do you and think have been that, already right? But but well, but now I think the the process is they're going to have to go to a different grand jury and kind of build the case over and and do some other stuff. But if they 
do you think this will hold up in a grand jury or court for them to claim a rule, a Senate rule, not a law, but a Senate rule to protect them from divulging any conversations they've had with a third party? So the Senate rules do not have the power of statute or law. So a court is not um, beholden to follow them. Now, I will say that if a court was so inclined, it could point to them, right? It's still going to depend on what the orientation the judge has towards these matters, right? We've seen plenty of rogue judges, right? Um, So it's still unhelpful. It's still unhelpful or helpful to hiding things, right? But it is not as though it's a statute that the court would then have to say, well, this was duly, you know, passed into law. So So just to give people... It does not change the law around legislative immunity. So just to give people, like... Uh, an understanding who have not legislators. Eric, the way you explain this to me is that um, you had immunity before when legislators were speaking to one another. The rules were they didn't have to share that information if for some reason they were called into court. And this new rule says, oh, we're expanding it. So if a legislator is also speaking to a third party, that person is now their their immunity is now uh, shared or spread. The conversation now becomes um, shielded. Right, that's part of it, Nicole, and and so is supposedly this notion of quote unquote respecting someone else's privilege, which I think is an attempt to say even if you want to waive your own and and tell what you overheard or a conversation you participated in, they could try to stop that from being shared by saying it is undermining the legislative privilege oh. of someone else who's objective. Right, right. So so you so got to get both it's, it's people to agree. <laughs> yeah, that's the attempt, yeah. That speaks to the way in which Republicans want to govern, and it's not with any transparency. Yeah. It's what else That's can right. we hide? Yeah. What else can we hide? Exactly. Yep. 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 That's and, exactly and right. That's, and then they that's kind of the moral behavior. compass yeah. of this of that party. Yeah. Unfortunately, I agree. It's pretty sad. Well. Senator Parent, I know you uh, wanted to dash off. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners as we're getting ready to get in the weeds? (laughs) Well, just that I hope that I can come on again soon with adding some more color down here from the Gold Dome as we go through the session. That will absolutely happen. We will certainly have you back. (laughs) Since today was a little shorter than I want. Thanks, y'all. I'm so glad y'all are doing this. (laughs) Thank you. You know, we thank Elena, uh, Senator Parent for, for joining us today. I know she's, she's busy. So for our listeners, um, you know, this is the first week of the legislative session. So the, uh, new biennium has started. Um, the House and the Senate were both sworn in on Monday and immediately dashed off to LA for the national championship game and had Tuesday off. Uh, so first of all, I want to, you know, also congratulate the Georgia Bulldogs on the national championships, uh, because that is a a a little win first time in the, it was a huge win. It was a thumping. It was, it was (laughs) embarrassing to watch, but, uh, but as I said, the legislators gabbled in, um, they left town, 
so they could go to the game, came back today, and tomorrow um, they are going to uh, be in a joint session swearing in the governor and all the constitutional offices. And I can say that, I, you know, both me and Nicole wish we were there in a different capacity, but uh, we wish them yeah. well uh, going yeah. into the, uh, to the new year. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, so, Nicole, I know we talked to, to uh, Senator Parent about, uh, you know, the, the abortion issue and what went on in South Carolina. I mean, I, I know you follow that topic very, very closely. Is there anything else you want to add to, to, to what you expect? in our legislature around that issue and, and what is encouraging you about South Carolina? I, I wish that I had better news, but I do feel like South Carolina is kind of a stake in the ground for Georgia. We should be able to overturn this law. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I'm hopeful that we will. And we've said this, but I don't think most people know it's worth repeating again and again and again. That bill passed by one vote. So if and we're we talking can, about 481, the, uh, the six week abortion bill. Thank you. Uh, and so if we can get it, that overturned, I think we are going to return for at least a moment to uh, normalcy and some level of uh, of pro-choice rights for for Georgia's women. I would add, though, the thing that scares me is that that, to me, was not the end game for people who are pro-pregnancy and not pro-women. I think that there will be attacks on the morning-after pill, which is not an abortion pill, which is another level of protection, but I expect there will be attacks on that. Like, I... To me, this is this is the beginning. So I'm curious to see what else um, the Republicans are going to come with. And it frustrates the hell out of me that they're all talking this pro-life bullcrap. Uh, we've got a $3 billion in the bank that we could use to make the lives of children better, that we could use to expand childcare that we could use to improve funding for our education, that, God, we could use to give every kid in Georgia a free lunch. Like, but that that is not what we're talking about because they're not really pro-life. They are pro-pregnancy and pro-maintaining uh, power over women. Yeah, and, and next week, you know, for, for those listening, uh, the second week of the legislative session is what we call budget recess. So next week, uh, you have Martin Luther King Day on, on Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you'll have all of the department heads coming in and going over their budget priorities, the legislators, and there'll be no official sessions, but all of that. I, to Nicole's point, I'm very interested to see what the governor and some of these department heads have worked out as far as increasing their budgets to use some of that money in a responsible way. Um, last year, you know, we spent money to increase the funding to private prisons. We should not be doing that. We should take oh my that money and do it somewhere else. Um, increase the funding uh, for crisis pregnancy centers. We should definitely not be increasing that funding. We should be putting that money in other areas. So um, I think, you know, I, I often tell people that the, the budget is not a financial document. The budget is a document of priorities. And next week during that budget period, when we're pouring through the numbers, we're looking at where the money is going to be going for the next year. I think we'll get a good sense of where the the GOP priorities are 
for the 2023-2024 uh, biennium for this session. Uh, so those are going to be some of the things that that we're looking at. And Nicole, one of the other things uh, that I, I found interesting this week is the uh, the House officially elected uh, John Burns, former ma- ma majority leader, to Speaker of the House. So he is now ascended to Speaker, uh, taking over the um, the uh, vacancy left by the death of Speaker Ralston. But in that gap, in the middle, uh, there was something that we just haven't celebrated enough in Georgia. And there was a celebration on Monday morning with the Women's Caucus uh, of both the House and the Senate to celebrate the first female Speaker of the House, Jan Jones, who was officially the House Speaker in between the time of Ralston's death and uh-huh. John Burns being elected uh, on Monday. So I, I personally, uh, someone that served with, with Jan, uh, might not have always agreed and saw things completely different, but I think it's important to stop and recognize that the state of Georgia had its first female speaker of the house. So kudos yes. to Jan Jones. Yes. For breaking Let's take a moment on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, this was a, a great way to kick off the session. It was a little bit light today, but we are now getting into that area where we will be looking at the legislation that's going to be introduced and the bills and, and the, the resolutions and everything else to really start to dig into the policy that's going to shape this session. And we'll start uh, next week really digging into the budget. And uh, we have a very, very special guest coming next week to, to talk about that. We'll hold that for now. But um, Nicole, anything else you want to say before we tell our uh, listeners goodbye? No, just that um, we're happy. Eric and I are happy that you guys are on this journey with us. And if there are things you want to hear about, shoot us a shoot us a message on Facebook or on Twitter. We are always uh, looking for your insights and your thoughts. But thank you, thank you, thank you for being on this journey with us. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Policy Matters.